At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay. Okay, we're recording. Hey guys, welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We're doing a special mock draft today, Monday, August 12th, with Joey the fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Check him out. Um, 12 team PPR, uh, one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. Woo! Defense and one kicker. That's what we're doing. Yeah. How's so, it going? uh, pretty basic, but, um, you know, we, we had our fun with the two tight ends and the two quarterbacks, IDP, whatever. But, uh, now it's time it's to get serious. Time. Yeah, it's crunch time. So, um, yeah, I mean, you're drafting from the third spot, and I'm drafting from the eighth spot. As we said, as uh, you said, it's twelve team league, so uh, should be pretty interesting. PPR, we do have a kicker in defense this time. I don't know if you mentioned that, but uh, we haven't a lot. So uh, yeah, if I can yeah, we, figure out how to start, we've yes, been doing we've been doing a bunch of mod drafts with like no kicker, no defense. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably find out that I'm probably not going to pick one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, like, in the last – what I usually do is I might, like, look at, like, week one, you know, mm-hmm. to see, like, what the matchups are. But we'll see how the draft ends up going. All right. So I'm going to select begin draft in three, two. We are started. Draft has begun. So um, after you make your pick. So no surprise. Saquon, Saquon went number Alvin one. Kamara. Alvin Kamara went number two. Um, <laughs> this is super easy for me. Uh, and I, I was wondering if the scenario would have happened where uh, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey went one and two. Uh, but Christian McCaffrey is such an easy easy pick for me at number three. He's my number one overall right now in PPR leagues. Um, you know, with this whole Zeke saga going on with him unsigned, he he's my guy at, at number one. Now, just uh, out of curiosity, if McCaffrey and Barkley were picked... Would Alvin Kamara be your pick? He, yeah, I don't think he would have. Um, it probably really? would have been between Devonta Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. Again, you know, with Alvin Kamara, you know, I'm just I don't want to pick a guy who's not going to be a workhorse running back. Um, you know, that early, I'd rather get somebody who's going to get, you know, close to 300 touches, uh, 350 touches potentially. Um, you know, between those other guys, uh, and I'd rather take a receiver as well. You know, who's going to get you know, the elite of the elite target share on good offenses mm-hmm. um, and a high touch on upside too. 
Interesting. So, um, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, David Johnson, the two top wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Devonta Adams. So I might be looking at a Zeke situation. Um, yes, you will. You are one pick away right yep. now. Michael Michael Thomas just got picked. All right. So now I'm at the hard choice of whether I want to take Ezekiel Elliott and so my choices are basically what I'm looking for is either Ezekiel Elliott. I can take that. I don't want Bell this early. I think I have a chance of de- getting Delvin Cook in the next round. So my, my other option here, I think, is Julio Jones. Um, it's really just about if I want to avoid that Zeke drama. But, I mean, if Ezekiel Elliott does resign, then that's pretty good value, getting him eighth overall. So, but it's but just about assu- if he does Should we assume that? Like, should we assume that he's going to be signed? Because he would and make it to rest. you at, at eight. He would make it to you at eight, right, if he did sign? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think I'm know I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna take Zeke here. I know oh, the boy. risk involved. Yeah, I I know the risk involved, but maybe Dak just declined a thirty million dollar year contract. Maybe they've put their focus towards uh, Zeke now. The uh, Jerry Jones, although he does have a tendency to not tell the complete truth, he did say he did like he plans on getting a deal done with Ezekiel Elliott. I. It's a risky situation. I know that, but I'm gonna yeah, have to make it, sure. It's definitely, it's definitely risky. But let's say Dalvin Cook does fall to you, right at two five. I mean, how does Zeke and Dalvin Cook? If that situation ends up working out, like that's a home run right there. And and that's my plan because I I don't want to be in a situation where Zeke doesn't play, and then I don't have that running back one, so I can get Dalvin Cook, and uh, I can kind of recover wide receiver later in the draft. So it, it's it's risky for sure, but um, there's also handcuffs I can grab later on, and I don't care about saying that right now because this is, this is more so you guys can learn. It's not so much about um, – this isn't a real draft, so I can tell you guys that I'm planning on taking a handcuff. As of right now, I heard Tony Pollard is supposed to be the guy. Um, if Zeke were to miss time, they did sign Alfred Morris, maybe more so for depth. But, so that's probably who we'll end up targeting later on. But after I picked Elliott, Julio Jones off the board, Le'Veon Bell the 110, Dalvin Cook, he's gone. The, one, the 111. 111. But, I mean, these are people who have followed us, so they don't you know, <laughs> right, right. to pull the trigger that early. So, um, Especially just, the way the draft is going right now. You exactly. know what I mean? Because uh, Julio was taken a little early. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook had to have been taken a little early. Like, those are the two, two guys that I'm kind of looking at at the turn, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm hoping will be there. If I had the 12 spot, starting with Julio and uh, and Cook is a pretty good start right there. So, with Todd Gurley going at the 2-1, Juju Smith at the 2-2, Tyreek Hill was at the tail end of the first round, by the way, James Conner, Odell Beckham Jr. Now I'm back on the clock. At 2-5. At 2-5. So I, I can already tell back. I don't like the two five spot. Yeah, I got <laughs> Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon as my main options right now. Melvin Gordon's obviously an option, but that's a risk all in itself. I don't want to be. I don't want. I don't want Zeke and Melvin Gordon. I just don't think that's a good look. So Joe Mixon, the wide receivers. I mean, like I love Mike Evans, so I 
might have to take him. I don't really know if I want to pull the trigger on Chubb or Mixon. I don't mind either of them, but I was really looking to get like a Dalvin Cook here to kind of anchor my wide receivers. But I think, yeah, I'm going to take Mike Evans here. Although I really wanted the running back, I just think it's the better choice. I don't want to take away from getting that value. I'd rather just take Evans. Right, and and before Antonio Brown's issues, were you taking Mike Evans before Antonio Brown? Yeah. Oh, you were okay. Yeah, I, I'm 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 a little higher on Antonio Brown than Mike Evans. I mean, with with this whole situation of him potentially holding out, it seems as though he should return to practice soon. Um, and, yeah, and I mean, he he, 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 had... he he's threatening to sue the NFL <laughs> if he gets hurt if his, if he has a head injury this year. Um, his dude, his dude is bananas. Uh. But, you know, I think between Antonio Brown and Mike Evans, I like Mike Evans, um, but I do like I do like AB over him a little bit. I, Nick Chubb would probably have been considered at 2-5 for mm-hmm. me, um, even though I wasn't taking him anywhere close to that uh, when they had Duke Johnson. But, I've been, but Nick Chubb went, went right after Mike Evans, followed by Keenan Allen. Uh, I'm two picks away at mm-hmm. one at 2-10. So we had a, a fun event on Sunday, uh, more so for Faraz as a Jets fan. But um, if you guys saw and either of our stories, I, I thought you looked like a Jets fan too because you were you were wearing yes, a Jets I shirt. I had the shirt. I got it signed by Santonio Holmes, and I'm ready to gift it to a family member who's a Jets fan. Although nice. it's Santonio Holmes, so I mean, hate more so Pittsburgh thing, but that's fine. I'm sure they'll still hey, appreciate it. And that offensive hey, lineman, I don't know who it was. I still don't know. But I, I looked. It, it wasn't Osemily. Was it somebody else? No, it was it was a um, another dude. I'm not sure who. Okay. But Joe yes. Mixon just went at the two nine. Interesting. Okay, Adam so Keenan Allen. Wow. Adam Thielen, Joe Mixon. So on the board for me, Antonio Brown made it all the way to two ten. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, Stephen Diggs. So I think there's a little bit of a tier drop there at wide mm-hmm. receiver, uh, with Antonio Brown being in his own tier. Uh, Damian Williams um, is tempting. Uh, Carryon Johnson is tempting. Uh, but at this point, um, I will definitely go Antonio Brown uh, every single time this late in the second round. Um, I can't believe Travis Kelsey hasn't been taking it. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, he should be. Um, he should be going. You know, he should be going around two five, two six. Uh, and I think a lot of people are worried about his situation right now. Uh, but. His foot injury should be fine uh, by the start of the season. Um, he's returning to practice, hopefully. Um, and really, all you have to worry about is just him not being a diva and just like walking away from football, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Because he can't worry. Yeah. And Travis, Travis Kelsey was definitely, you know, I was considering him, you know, at two ten as well. Um, it's just that I think that it, it's it's less likely to get a you know a, a, a top end wide receiver one and that's kind of what I'm what I'm hoping for. I can kind of wrap around here and potentially get another wide receiver uh you know who who can finish high as well. So I am really curious to see who falls to me here. Yeah and that that's kind of uh what I'm doing here at the three point eight because I know I'm gonna have to take a running back in my next pick, especially with Zeke as my running back one. So you're on the clock now. Aaron Jones went to the three one. Amari Cooper to the three two. So the guy I, I want here uh, is Carryon Johnson. I think as a as a RB two, 
Um, I think he's super safe, um, especially in PPR leagues. Now, I would have went Leonard Fournette if I didn't already take the risk with Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a safer wide receiver one, I probably would have went Leonard Fournette, you know, uh, because I think he's that complete three down back. Um, you know, and the difference between carry on and him is that he probably won't be sharing too much and he's going to get the goal line opportunities, um, you know, on, on that offense. He's going to get a lot more work in the pass game. Um, and, and he did go right after me. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I think carry on Johnson just has that really safe floor. He has upside, uh, can score from anywhere. Um, and I think he's a really safe RB2. Um, you know, next to Christian McCaffrey, you got two guys who, who are going to catch a lot of balls this year. Wow. So coming up to me, some of the running back options I have, Melvin Gordon, which let's say if both of them played, that would be uh, that would be insane value if both of them played. But I don't want to be stuck in the same situation twice. I think you already know who I'm going to pick here because it's someone I've liked for oh, a very David long Montgomery. time. David Montgomery, of course. Yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> I, I don't I think to. I've done one mock draft with you <laughs> where you haven't taken David Montgomery and you were able to because you reach a little bit uh you know at his where where he was going on in ADP uh, at least on sleeper I think yeah. on ESPN ESPN is way down there I think he's I haven't going, done a mock on ESPN in a while though yeah he's doing like late fourth round or something crazy even in full PPR most of my real leagues are on um ESPN so hopefully I'll be able to take advantage of that so, wow. Okay. What round? Uh, I'm just asking out of curiosity. What round would Melvin Gordon have to fall to for you to take him? Probably fourth. You know, it, it just doesn't. It just situation. doesn't seem like there's any. There's any hope <laughs> right now? Like there's no progress. Like I feel like there's no progress in that situation. And I think I um, think the worst thing for me is the fact that there's already been an uh, an exchange of words between the ownership and Gordon that wasn't so pleasant. I mean, they were talking right. about how he's they could easily replace him, and Philip Rivers was saying that there's other guys on the team that can do just as well. So that's obviously not a good sign. That's what happened with Le'Veon Bell last season, and. I think everybody at this point has seen the video of Melvin Gordon talking about Le'Veon Bell and how he would 100% hold out as well. Right, so, exactly. Um, but the difference no, important, I think you even brought it up, is that he needs to play at least six games to become a free agent next year, or else he's in the same exact position. So he's going to be on the field at some point. Um, well, it's playing. interesting because you're, you're going to be on the clock with, your, with the next pick. Melvin <laughs> Gordon is still on there. But you took Zeke. So are you really going to double down on holdouts here? In the first four rounds, obviously the upside is ridiculous. You're going for that home run. If both of these guys end up signing, I'll just give you the trophy right now. <laughs> well, there's actually a guy on. that's fallen very. There. Okay, so he is there. I'm gonna have to pass on Melvin Gordon. Um, as far as other running backs, I mean, I and look, I'm just kind of a, like you said. I have Zeke, and if I have Zeke and Gordon. I don't know. It's just it's such a risky position for me to put myself in because that's two of my first four picks being wasted potentially, and that's not something I want to do. Um, so other running back options right now: Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, James White, Sonny Michelle, Tevin Coleman. Um, Tevin Coleman maybe someone I'm considering, but he's someone I can likely get in the fifth round, next round. Um, all the three tight ends have been taken, but. Stefan Diggs has fallen to the 4-5. Uh, 
and I, I, I just have to grab him here. I, I don't know how he got to almost halfway well, through the fourth round, but... There's, there's a great reason for that. This draft has been running back heavy. Like, yeah, I see that. It, it, it's crazy. Like, Chris Carson was taking at 4-4. <laughs> Um, Philip Lindsay at 312, Marlon Mack at 311, Josh Jacobs at 39, David Montgomery, Damian Williams. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven, I was better count. Nine, <laughs> nine running backs went in the third round. That's crazy, right? So, Mark Ingram we just went at four seven wide receivers. So, these running backs are going going real heavy right now, and I'm glad I got my two running backs. You know what I mean? I didn't, I don't have to settle coming back at 410, mm-hmm. right? So if you know your league and you know that they're going to be run, running back heavy, you might want to grab them early. Um, and I think that's you... really important, especially if you're near the turn, kind of like where you are. Like if you knew, like every time we do a mock draft between the three of us and one of you guys are behind me, I know who you're going to pick. So I right. know I have to either get that guy now or I can wait. So uh, exactly. you're on the clock again. Okay, so at running back, Melvin Gordon's on the clock. Um, I would love to <laughs> grab him here. Uh, but... I'm not going to um, because that assumes that he's going to play. And, you know, the roster is going to be tilted towards looking amazing, you know, just because he's on my roster. I'll let somebody else uh, look really good. Um, Tevin Coleman's a guy that I'm looking for around this spot, but I'm hoping that he comes around to me at 5-3. I don't know if he will, but I might have to to take that risk. You won't be getting (laughs) Tevin Coleman. Um, How much time do I have left? 15 seconds. Holy 15 shit. Seconds. All right. So Kenny Galladay, AJ <laughs> Green, Tyler Lockett, guys on the clock there um, at tight end. OJ Howard. Oh, man. This is going to be a pick that is going to be out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, four Let's seconds. <laughs> Uh-oh. Here we go. I'm going Panic Calvin pick. Ridley. I, I, like it. I like it. Panic, panic pick. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> that would have been my pick, bad. I think, too, if I was going towards a wide receiver. Yeah. I think Calvin really is a guy who uh, – Who's going to break out this year potentially? You know, they they hired their old offensive coordinator, um, you know, who's coaching the Bucks, and I think that he's bringing in a pass-heavy philosophy, Dirk Cutter, um, and because of that, I think Matt Ryan can continue to sling it. It's 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 really a similar offense to what he ran last year, and it's going to be, and he ran this offense, you know, before. So Calvin really can definitely take a step forward. Obviously, that would mean that Sanu needs to take a step back a little bit. Right, less targets his way. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, uh, I I like the post you made. I think it was uh, highlighting rookie wide receivers in the first year and who actually finished as a wide receiver too, and uh, the company that Calvin Ridley was with. I I forget the names on the top of my head, it, but it was um, amazing. But the names were ridiculous. Yeah, so um, it, uh, among the top. So yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and we fact, know that he has he has the talent. Of course. Well. Yeah. So. With Julio Jones, I think he's still dealing with a toe injury. It's been like over a year now. This guy has oh, the worst turf toe ever. <laughs> yeah, his foot has been hurt since he was drafted. <laughs> he's been fine. Um, so I'm going to have a decision to make uh, between, I think it's Sony Michelle and Tevin Coleman. I'm kind of back on Sony Michelle. Um, yeah, but, that's, uh, I'm pretty... but, te- but, but Tevin Coleman, you know, for, for Sony Michelle, by the way, like if he's going to be their guy, I want to know that he's more involved in the pass game. I know that was a possibility coming into this year. Um, apparently, you know, he's going to be involved more in the passing, but I kind of want to see a little bit more from the beat writers, um, you know, coming mm-hmm. out of New York, uh, before I kind of go in on Sonny Michelle, because I don't want, even though like the goal line back for New England and the grinder in New England has a lot of value, I don't want to be game script dependent. You probably don't have to worry about that with the Patriots. 
Uh, but at the same time, I'd rather mm-hmm. have a guy who catches a lot of passes too. And that's one of the reasons why I really like Tevin Coleman here. That's the guy I'm going to take. Yeah, I, I love Tevin Coleman. Probably would have been, I mean, definitely would have been my pick there. But yeah, I mean, I, I've been back on Sony Michelle for a little bit too. And I mean, and we haven't seen too much of Damian Harris. We haven't heard a lot, any hype around Damian Harris at all, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because he could always pop up during the season. But um, we haven't heard a lot of good things about Michelle. And the fact of the matter is, Michelle last year, in his rookie year, he was injured throughout preseason. We didn't see him until week one. So um, he didn't have a chance to kind of work out uh, and and get down to the game plan and get involved in the passing game early on. And that's something they're trying to do this year. So if he does get more involved... And, and look, I mean, in college... Sonny Michelle was drawing comparisons to Alvin Kamara, right? I don't know if you've seen that, but um, a lot of people were comparing him to Alvin Kamara coming out of college. And with that being said, Melvin Gordon's still on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do it. Just go all in on these holdout players. Oh, why do you have to still be on the clock? Why can't someone take you? You know, I, I don't want to do it, though, because, I like you said, I mean, I don't know if it's realistic. We don't know what the case is going to be towards the season. I don't want him just on my team to make myself look better than I actually is. Uh, the guy I do want is I'm, I'm going to take Sonny Michelle as my running back three. Yeah, as a running back three, I think it's good. You know, um, he would have been a lot of people's running back twos if there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of bad news surrounding him, like throughout the majority of the offseason. Yeah. Um, and he would have been taken in the fourth round, and he would have been someone's RB two. And yeah. I think with that scenario, it's a little bit tough. But as your RB three, you can take that risk and be just fine. I remember um, pre-draft rankings, like prior to the actual NFL draft. I mean, it was very, very early. But a lot of people had Sony Michelle top ten, top fifteen, and um, a lot of people. I remember that's when mock drafts first started up. So he did a couple just to test it out. And Sonny Michelle was going to the end of the third round. Right. So his value was a lot higher before the Patriots drafted Damian Harris. And if Damian Harris plays that, that backup role and he doesn't actually have a big role on the team, then we could see Sonny Michelle returning good value at the end of the fifth round. So Yeah, my only concern with, with Damian Harris was <laughs> that Gordon. he... And Melvin Gordon came off the board. Uh, my only concern with Damian Harris was that he, he's a really good short yardage back, right? Mm-hmm. So he could potentially get that goal line role, which we know is like the most important thing in that Patriots backfield outside of, you know, the pass catching role, right? Um, the upside for that goal line guy is huge, right? So that was my only concern coming in with Sony Michelle. Um, and then on top of that, he had, you know, offseason knee surgery. Um, he had a cleanup. So that's not great. Um, but it seems like he's back, you know, as their RB1, Damian Harris not doing too much. Uh, you know, with the ones, uh, which is good news for Sonny Michelle. And one of the reasons why, before they drafted Damian Harris, why I was high on Sonny Michelle, because I knew that there was a possibility of him being worked into the passing game even more. And that's kind of why I liked him, you know, going into the season before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of that stuff happened, and I was very low on him. Like, I wasn't drafting him anywhere. Um, but let's see if that happens. You know, if he gets more involved in the passing game, he'll have a nice, solid floor. And then that touchdown upside... Um, you know, obviously he creates that, you know, that huge ceiling for him. So uh, I would be in on him if that's the case. Even if he's not the goal line back, if he can kind of get more work in the passing game, potentially catch three or four balls mm-hmm. a game, like 
that that kind of evens out and for I me think, because he can potentially that's still what the get Patriots those touchdowns. want too. Because uh, the thing about the Patriots in in the past with them having those one dimensional backs like Legarrette Blunt is when he's on the field, you know what their game plan is. Exactly. Right. Like they're they're still going to try to jam him the ball, but if they're going to invest a first round pick on a guy like Sony Michaud, they want him to be someone who can play all three downs. I mean, I'm sure. Of course, James White is going to be on the field, and there could be two running back sets. And if they're down in games, James White is the go-to guy in those short passes on third down. So uh, James White is still going to see his work. But I think um, there's a really good chance they make Sony Michelle into that three-down capable guy. So I'm on the clock, and wow. So I'm looking for a wide receiver three right now. And one guy kind of sticks out a little bit, especially with A.J. Green's injury. Tyler Boyd as my wide receiver three. So I, I've kind of gone the running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. So I've, I've stayed pretty balanced. Um, I like Boyd as my wide receiver three in a PPR league. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't know too much else that. <laughs> I think it's pretty decent. I, I think it's a great pick. I, he's like the prototypical for me. He's like the prototypical wide receiver three yeah. on your team. High floor, a little bit of touchdown upside, um, plays in the slot. You don't have to worry about matchups. Um, that's, that's kind of what I want. Like we know that Andy Dalton, as much as he might suck, you know, he was able to make both him and AJ Green fantasy relevant. So yeah. um, he, he had a breakout season last year. I'm surprised people aren't as high on him. I think six rounds appropriate, but you're kind of you're kind of paying for his floor. Right, you're not really paying for any any improvements, um, so which is exactly when I like to draft guys, right? Like at their floor. Um, I'm surprised Dante Pettis went went before him. Yeah, I, I am too. That's a little early, especially because the recent news being that uh, he wasn't unlocked to be a starter, which I thought was pretty interesting considering how well he did last year, and given how uh, I, I mean that wide receiver core can go a hundred different ways with Jalen Hurd, Marquise Goodwin. Pettis and so many other guys, but uh, you're back on the clock. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I am back on the clock. Okay. Lamar Miller, Mike Williams, and Mike Miles Sanders went right before me at 6'10". Lamar Miller. Uh, <laughs> Rashad Penny on the board, Latavius Murray, Daryl Henderson, uh, and then a wide receiver, Alshon, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, Christian Kirk. Um, oh, man. A lot of guys I like here. Uh, at tight end, Hunter Henry. Um, I like Hunter Henry a lot. And when I look at these, the rest of the tight ends, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, there's a little bit of a teardrop here. And that's part of the reason why I might go Hunter Henry. Now, I like Robbie Anderson. I like Christian Kirk. And I want to grab them. But if one of them falls to me on the turn, I can take either of them. So that's why I'm going to go Hunter Henry. And I think there's a good chance at least one of those guys make it to you. I think so too. And now, you know, I'm not the biggest fan. Oh, oh Christian Kirk just went right after me, so <laughs> that might not happen. Uh, but Hunter Henry, I'm I'm not a big fan of taking tight ends early. Um, sixth round for me is usually early. I kind of want to see try a different draft scenario where I take a tight end a little early. I usually take a wide receiver here, just because I love six round wide receivers. Like there, there's a bunch of wide receivers here that Boyd, I would be okay Williams, with. Christian Kirk, exactly. Dante Pettis. Exactly. Even Allen Robinson. I'm totally fine taking him at this spot as well. Yeah. Um, so if he falls there, he's a possibility as well. Um, so, you know, between Robbie Anderson and and, Rob, and uh, Allen Robinson, I think it's a little bit of a, um, a decision right there. Uh, say that five times fast. Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson. <laughs> Anderson um, Robinson. Amberson, I, see, I said Amberson. Where's the Amberson. M coming from? 
I don't even know. Um, yeah, so it, it is interesting. So the running backs left on the board for Shad Penny. So he's a guy that I'll be thinking about taking if he falls to me as well. So I got a couple options here. Um, Alshon Jeffrey went at six twelve. So this is the top of the seventh here. Um, Rashad Penny would be a guy that I'm interested in. Latavius Murray as well. But we haven't seen too much of Latavius Murray at camp. You know, he's been out with an undisclosed injury. I think he's back now. Um, yeah, I so, think he played you know, in the preseason game. Oh, did he really? I think so. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I ha- I didn't watch that game yet. I was going to watch it tonight after this. Uh, do you um, have I've that free uh, NFL replay? I have Game Pass. I pay for Game Pass. That's what it's called, yeah. Yeah. Rashad Penny and Robbie Anderson went. Seven Ooh, one and Rashad Penny went at seven two. So, oh, so four three guys. The guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken. Uh, so, so Latavius Murray is here. Uh, I'm only going to pass on him today because I want to see a little bit more from him um, before before I actually draft him. But if I actually watched that Sands game, maybe I would have been just fine. Uh, but Allen Robinson is somebody I'm thinking about here, um, and I think I'll be reaching if I took any of the other wide receivers. Uh, but I think Allen Robinson has a you know a secure wide receiver one role in that team i think he can easily reach 120 to 130 targets and that almost guarantees wide receiver two numbers um so that that's who i'm gonna see he's he's a year removed a season removed from the acl injury um and i think that mm-hmm. a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit and i think he's a value at this spot because you can't really guarantee those that type of volume with the other guys going around this around this range and especially because uh, I believe um, what's his name, Anthony Miller is dealing with a injury as well, and That's Allen right. Robinson apparently has looked as far as the camp news I've seen. Allen Robinson has looked very very good, so right. there's a chance he can come back and be that wide receiver one we we're all hoping. Not like wide receiver one value, just be that wide receiver one on the Bears that we were missing last year, or at least we saw flashes of through the year because I know he did a couple of decent games, but. Overall, just wasn't the same guy ever since the ACL in that 2015 season with him and Alan Hearns. So right. hopefully now, we'll get a little bit of that back. Now, let me ask you this. Now, I took Hunter Henry at 6'10". Mm-hmm. Jared Cook went one pick after me. Okay. Would you rather have had Christian Kirk and Jared Cook or Hunter Henry and Alan Robinson? Tough one. I really like Christian Kirk. But I have no issue with Allen Robinson. I, I think I'd rather have Hunter Henry and Allen Robinson just because I don't really like Jared Cook all that much either. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit off of him. I'm expecting some uh, fuckery from the, the the Saints and them rotating tight ends. You don't know where Drew Brees and his touchdowns are going to go. There's other guys who can be the second, uh, the second target prior, priority to... Breeze. Oh, right. crap, I'm on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, right here. Um, running back-wise, I was thinking about getting someone like Darius Geis only because he's technically the starter. But with him being gone, I mean, I know you like Latavius Murray. I'm not too big of a fan, especially in a PPR league. So, I think I'm going to go for wide receiver and... Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go for some high upside PPR here with uh, D.D. Westbrook. Maybe a little like bit it. early, but overall, I mean, like we, we know Nathaniel Hackett wants to turn the Jaguars into 
more of a passing team. Obviously, they've been relying on Fournette the last couple of years, and it hasn't really panned out. So I think Westbrook is the only, I don't even want to call it a sure thing, but I think if there's a wide receiver in Jacksonville I can trust or I'd put money on, it'd be D.D. Westbrook playing in the slot with Nick Foles throwing to him. There aren't really yeah. too many other reliable wide receiver options, and over the last two years, he's shown that he can be reliable. So I, I'm expecting him to get a pretty good target share. And as my wide receiver four, he can offer me flex upside if needed. So uh, it, it's really just, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are just kind of turned off by the Jaguars receiving core and uh, just the team, the offense in general. But, um, I mean, there's potential for Westbrook to finish as a wide receiver, too. I agree. I mean, John Filippo coming over, he had Kirk Cousins throwing the most attempts uh, in Minnesota, right? And then you have uh, D.D. Westbrook in the slot where Nick Foles threw more to the slot than to the outside last season. Who is the offensive coordinator, um, DeFilippo, or is it Hackett? Or is it Hackett? I'm pretty sure it's DeFilippo. I'll fact check it real quick. You might be right. right. Uh, so <laughs> and 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 because of that, like you you had John DeFilippo in Minnesota. You saw what Adam Thielen was able to do in Minnesota. Um, a lot of things kind of add up. And Didi Westbrook, I think, was third last year in yards from the slot position. I think only behind Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen. So he, he's primed to ha- have a pretty big year this year, especially in PPR. Oh, okay, so Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars. Now he's with Green Bay, but um, that's Matt Flores offense. So, okay, yeah, you're right, John Filippo. Which okay. tells you that in Green Bay, there might be a little bit more run heavy than people think. And, and I think that, well, I mean, I think the thing about Green Bay is Matt LaFleur is, it's his offense either way. So, yeah, it is. And, and I think Matt LaFleur, too. Remember, Tennessee well, was very run heavy last year. The, yep. uh, uh, you know, they, they, they want their running backs involved in the pass game. They want, they want to use their backs. Um, and, and Aaron Rodgers, he can be used efficiently. He doesn't have to have 45 attempts per game. But they can use him in a way where he's, like, almost perfect. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, we're at the eighth round here, and I think I know the guy I want to get. We'll see if I can get him. But uh, I'm looking for a quarterback right now. Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan are still on the clock. On the clock, still on the board in the middle of the eighth round. So I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on Matt Ryan. We'll just see if uh, who Chris picks here. But um. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan in the eighth round is legit. Yeah. That's legit value right there. We'll see if it happens. Whenever 10 seconds till I pick. Ronald Jones was taken right before that. this pick, by the way. Nice. Ronald How Jones. Baby, Not a fan. He was someone I, I, I thought had... Oh, Baker Mayfield. Thank God. Matt Ryan. Boom. So, um, I mean, he, he's someone who I figured had good upside... And, I mean, there is still potential with Ronald Jones, but it, it could very well be a split. They could – I mean, Andre Ellington, Ellington is someone who could even see some work. There's a uh, very tiny chance they trade for someone like Melvin Gordon. I mean, I thought they were going to be in on Duke Johnson, but that did not end up happening. So, I mean – I'm super surprised they didn't try to get Duke Johnson. I mean, there could have been a lot of – he kind of like to me just screams like what Arian wants out of his running backs. Like Duke right. Johnson would have been perfect for a three down roll. But um, 
I mean, in Tampa, there's Bruce uh, Bruce Anderson, I think, an undrafted free agent who's gotten a little yep. hype around him. So there's other guys that can take over that starting role, and I don't think he has a secure role at all. And I mean, look, you're shooting for upside at running back position, but the guy who took him, he has Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, and Ronald Jones. <laughs> right, right. So that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, you got yeah, Andrew Luck in the sixth, Ronald Jones, Melvin Gordon in the late fifth. George Kittle. Interesting team. Interesting team, yeah. All right, so I'm on the clock. Royce Freeman was taken right before me. I'm at 810. Uh, wide receivers on the board. Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, DK Metcalf. Uh, okay with Marvin here. There are a couple guys I like a little bit later. Um, at running back, Jordan Howard, Kareem Hunt, LaShawn McCoy, Jalen Samuels, Damian Harris. Um, a lot of interesting guys here. Um, already took my tight end. So I'm looking at quarterback. Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, all on the board. But there's too many quarterbacks on the board for me to pick a guy right now. Um, so I'm going to either pick a running back or a wide receiver. Um, so, so far – oh, I need to I need to make a pick. Um, <laughs> nine seconds. Oh, boy. Uh, let's go with Jordan. Jordan Howard. I'm going to go Jordan Howard here. You know, he's not the ideal, you know uh, – back for ppr leagues mm-hmm. uh but he, he could definitely you know ha- have a role i think miles sanders you know has a lot of momentum right now um but jordan howard you know and miles sanders went when he went pretty early he went fifth in Wait, the no, six, six six round six, two yeah. round two rounds ago so i got jordan howard two rounds cheaper um you know it's, it's most likely going to be a split between these two guys like if you watch the game uh this past week they were rotating you know rotating in and out um you know, and I think Jordan Howard is a guy who could easily be their goal line back. And we know that 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 role in the Eagles offense can be pretty valuable. Um, and because of that, you know, we've seen and we've seen that role, right? Like we've seen Jay Ajayi, we see LeGarrette Blunt, you know, have that like, you know, not involved with the passing game, you know, just run the ball behind our awesome offensive line, um, you know, in our two tight end sets, you know, just 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 run the ball, you know, so that's kind of what I'm chasing here and as depth, right? You know, Jordan Howe is my RB4. I just thought that he was the best player available. Uh, and, you know, this thought, two, running, two other running backs went right after me. Kalen Balaj, Jalen Samuel. And I think Kalen Balaj might have a similar role as Jordan Howard this year, but he's just not as on as good of an offense, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, it's not too much to like about Miami right now. But um, I think it's interesting because we saw in the beginning of last year that Philly was willing to kind of have a workhorse type running back. We saw Ajayi before he got injured yet again. He he had a he had a big workload in this first couple of weeks until he went out and he was gone for the season. But um, there there is potential for Miles Sanders to kind of Miles Sanders to pick up a similar role to that. But like you said, they have two different guys who have different skill sets. So we could see how we take over that short yardage early down role. Right, um, right. So. I'm one pick away from my next my next pick. Um, guys, you know, at this point of the draft, I'm going to be reaching for guys that I like. I think Carlos Hyde here would be a pick that, you know, kind of like a high upside pick. Now, you know, I do like, you know, the rookie coming out of Kansas City as well. But the only thing is he's not the number two at the moment. Like he could eventually win that job if Carlos Hyde stinks. But we know that as of right now, Carlos Hyde, uh, you know, is the clear two. Uh, to Damian Williams. Um, if Damian Williams were to, you know, lose his job for whatever reason, Carlos Hyde would be the guy. 
Um, but today, TJ apparently, TJ Hawkinson at 9 2. Wow. Could have got him a little bit later. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Carlos Hyde is the guy that I'm looking at here. Um, there are a few other running backs, good for depth. I think Marvin Jones provides some good depth at wide receiver as well. Um, I'm looking at Deshaun Jackson, a semi that I'm interested in, Dante Moncrief, a semi that I'm interested in. But I think as of right now, I'd rather just go with guys uh, with high upside, you know, and get some good running back depth. Um, so I'm going to go Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that, especially because the Chiefs said that they're willing to use a committee approach. So uh, we'll see. I mean, it's not something that Andy Reid typically does. And I'm sure that with a committee, we can – Mark Andrews. Damn. Mark Andrews at 9-5, huh? It's interesting because uh, Mark Andrews was actually someone I was planning on getting later. David right. Njoku is still on the board. But um, I, I don't hate the pick, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, listen. It, if I if I love a guy, but he's he's going two rounds before I like him, I lo- I like that even better. Right? I rather them take them super early because that just means that more value is dropping down to me, um, you know, and I can get more value. But taking Mark Andrews that early, it doesn't really offset the risk that he comes with. James Washington. We got some weird picks going on right now. <laughs> it really is. Everyone's just kind of reaching for their guys at this point. Drew Brees going at 9-7. That's hilarious. Okay. So I'm back on the clock. Do I want to pull the trigger on tight end? No, I do not. Do I want to draft the Bears defense? No, I do not. Um. So wide receiver-wise... I got four. I'm all set. I need to start stocking up on high upside running backs, um, especially, like I said, with the Zeke situation going on. So a couple options here. I can cuff Sony Michelle with Damian Harris, which I mean, like, look, if Sony Michelle were to go down with that knee issue, then Damian Harris could see a three down roll. And maybe not so much a three down roll, but he's very reliable running back. So he could see uh, a lot of fantasy relevance, probably even running back to territory. But the guy I'm looking at right now, ooh, two guys I'm looking at. I'm going to go for the upside here. Okay, so I was debating between Devin Singletary and Duke Johnson because Duke Johnson is still sitting here. Um, and Duke Johnson is someone that can take over that three-down roll in Houston. I don't know if that's going to be the case. And I, I don't know what the split between Lamar and Duke will be. So that's kind of why I went more towards Singletary. Singletary looked good in his preseason debut. And uh, even in a crowded backfield, there is a chance LaShawn McCoy isn't there to start the season. And, I mean, as a rookie, there's a chance Devin Singletary can see a lot of work, especially since he's been practicing with the first team a lot. So just more of a high upside option, someone who can potentially give me running back two value at some point during the season. If he has like a good streak, then I could probably start him in that area. But... um just just shooting for upside and guys I like at this point. No, I think that's a great pick because there's actually a little bit of a road for him. He looks good in the preseason games, I think, in in that first game. Um, mm-hmm. LeSean McCoy, um, you know, could potentially get cut. That's still, I think that's still a likely possibility. Um, and Frank Gore's old as hell. So, you know, having Frank Gore and Devin Singletary split reps sounds like something that might happen with Devin Singletary potentially getting the number one spot. Um, you know, with Frank Gore kind of coming in and 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 spelling him, I, I can totally see that happening. And if that's the case, 
<laughs> Singletary, you just got a steal right there. Um, that's a great high upside pick in the ninth round. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I like it, and I'm, I'm looking through some of these other options now. And this isn't the point in the draft where, like you said, you just—I I mean, I'm looking at the top guys available, and I'm just kind of like smirking, like I don't know if I really want to take any of these guys. I'm looking at um, tight end wise. I mean, Did you rather just stop got... your draft right now? Yeah, I'm like I'm good with what I have. I'm, I'm done. Pretty content <laughs> with what I've done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's see. All Russell right, so Wilson, after, Carson Wentz. So a couple guys. So Kyler Murray, Andrew Brees both went in the ninth round. I think that's good value for both of those guys. I think Kyler Murray going in the ninth is about right. I mean, that's kind of where his ADP has been. Um, but don't you feel like he's going to have this rushing floor? Uh, that's going to keep him alive as a low-end QB1. And you know the thing is, uh, especially with rushing quarterbacks, is they have a lot of success early on. Like we saw that with Josh Allen at the end of last year, Lamar Jackson at the end of last year. But the key word Russell there being, Wilson. Russell working. Wilson. Yeah, and the, but the key word being end of last year. I mean, a lot of times for these rookie quarterbacks, it takes them a little bit to get used to it. Kyler Murray, I mean, everything I've seen and everything I've heard is that he's already on it. And he's already doing yeah. a very, very good job of getting into the system, which is true. He could have success early on. But, um, I mean, like, look, there, there, is a, there is a world where Kyler Murray can finish as a top five, top three quarterback, even in his rookie year. But, I, I don't know. I, I think you have to discount him a little bit because he is a rookie and he can hit that learning curve. Right. Um, you know what's interesting? Like, with Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, we knew that there was going to be an issue – passing the ball mm-hmm. right like we knew that they had real issues passing the ball whether it was accuracy um you know whether Personnel. it's uh, yeah whatever it is right but with Kyler murray the only negative with him right now is his height and the offensive really, line. It, right and the offensive line which might be okay thing for him because he'll be running around even more if that's the case uh you know dumping it down even more david johnson on early downs um but, but you I, know the I, thing about that is yeah. though like even if he's scrambling, if anything, that might be worse for the offensive line because then they have to know, okay, where is he going to go? Which way is he going to go? And then he can get right. blindside tackle or whatever. Right. David Njoku just went, Chicago Bears defense just went. Okay, so my tight end I was going to target at this point in the draft was going to be Mark Andrews, but that's fine. I don't need him. I can go with other guys. I could go for another upside running back. I think I can wait another round on uh, on some of the guys I want. Wide receiver-wise, I think I'm pretty set with where I am right now. I can get a sleeper guy later on. But Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, and Tyler Boyd, D.D. Westbrook is pretty solid for me. So That's I think I'm going to go for a tight end. And... I'm going to get that stack with uh, Matt Ryan and draft Austin Hooper here in the 10th round. I like it. You know, it's and Hooper is someone who hasn't really been consistent, but he's improved every single year. More of a PPR tight end, not a guy who's, I mean, they have Julio and they have Calvin Ridley, so they have <clears> other guys they can target once they get into the red zone. But Hooper has his big games. And at this point in the draft in the 10th round, I feel pretty confident I have a balanced team. So if I can have a tight end who can have that, it's kind of like Tyreek Hill, obviously not to the same level, but point being Tyreek Hill is a guy who can win you a week or 
you know, if you have a balanced team, he can kind of he can kind of like bring your team down a little bit. But the case for Austin Hooper is he can give me a twenty point week one week and give me or give me a floor of like seven, eight points or five points or whatever it ends up being. So that extra boost every once in a while I think will be great. But uh, there is a lot to like about Hooper. There is a chance he does get that consistency. Yeah, but not only that, I think the biggest thing with him is that he has a chance of breaking out. I think mm-hmm. in the Dirk Cutter offense, very favorable towards tight ends. Austin Hooper it has improved each of his three years. Going into his fourth year, we're kind of tight ends peak, right? Yeah. Um, or peak or just come into their own, actually, right? Um, and, you know. Especially in a starting role because last year was the first year where they got rid of, uh, what's his name? Toy Lolo? Yes. Levine Toy right. But right. you're and, on the and, clock right here. And so. Austin Hooper, like, he's a guy who had, what, 75 receptions last year? I mean, it, it was in the 70s. So I think a lot of people are sleeping on him a little bit. I think there's a chance of him breaking out. Um, so I have 10 seconds. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson, Dante Moncrief, or Golden Tate. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Dante Moncrief here. Um, nice. You know, Big Ben loves to throw it outside. And obviously, Antonio Brown has, his, has been his outside wide receiver uh, for a long time. Uh, but... If you look at all the quarterbacks who threw at least 800 attempts, uh, active quarterbacks, um, Ben Roethlisberger has the highest percentage of throwing to the outside um, compared to the slot, compared to the tight end, compared to whoever, uh, even running backs. And we know that he, how much we know how much he threw a Le'Veon Bell, right? Um, so I think that Dante Moncrief being on the outside, uh, apparently being that clear wide receiver two to Juju in the slot, I think Moncrief, even though I'm not a huge fan of his um, talent. I think he's been in a lot of opportune situations in the past and was able to make something of it. Um, and I think if he can stay healthy, uh, Big Ben can actually make him fantasy relevant. And I think it's interesting, last year, even in Jacksonville, he did pretty well as the Jaguars' uh, technical wide receiver one. He had a lot of decent games, even given how bad the offense was. So uh, you can't even put too much last year on him, more so just the team. But, I agree. But um, I'm kind of just his, looking he, at... He had his games too. Tony Pollard is gone. Tony Pollard is gone. Oh, oh, you really wanted to grab him, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it made me feel a little better about Zeke, but now I've turned from handcuffing Zeke to uh, wanting coverage surrounding him. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go for another high upside running back here and just hope uh, someone hits. Right, and if you pick another high upside running back, you kind of have between Devin Singletary and whoever that is, and hopefully it gives you a good opportunity for one of them to yep. potentially do their thing this year. And I think the interesting thing, especially, is that a lot of people are forgetting about waivers and the fact that there's going to be two or three guys every year that become an instant and permanent starter on people's teams. And it's crazy because you go into the year, you're like, I don't know who that guy could be, and you're trying to find out, like, how could it be someone like that? And last year it was Philip Lindsay, right? Undrafted free agent, stuffed behind the Broncos' death chart, but yet he was a staple on people's teams. Alvin, Alvin Kamara a few years back, same exact way. So there's going to be – you got to expect there's going to be at least one guy who you can get on waivers. So if you play your waivers right, you can always get more value through that way. So no matter what your draft ends up being, just know there's still going to be other options down the line. And even if it's not a waiver guy, you can still pick up a guy. You, you, you can stream. I've seen people try to stream a flex, which obviously is not easy to do. It depends how many leagues you, how 
how many team members you have, but it's not impossible. So Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Jared Goff, and Cam Newton, <laughs> right before me. Um, I'm looking at so Lashawn McCoy is still on the board. It's the eleventh round, um, and I still don't think I'm going to go in his direction. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at Duke Johnson here. You know, I have good running back depth, but I think Duke Johnson in a PPR league has really good upside, um, and I think that's a no-brainer at this point. I do like a couple wide receivers. I like Deshaun Jackson, and I like Golden Tate, and I am willing to keep Golden Tate on my bench for four weeks um, to potentially start him week five if I need him um, because I think that he'll he'll play a huge role out of the slot, um, and, and I think that he could potentially out-target um, you know, any of the other wide receivers, including Sterling Shepard, potentially. And I, I think that's why in the 11th round, I think that would have been a good value as well. But I couldn't pass up Duke Johnson's upside. I think he could be, you know, he's definitely their passing down back, right? No mm-hmm. matter what. Lamar Miller wasn't good enough to really command targets on that third down, passing down role. He didn't, he didn't have too many. Um, so I think Duke Johnson coming in, you know, might hurt Kiki a little bit, honestly. Um, but Kiki's already hurting himself. All the time. So, uh, uh, you like that one? I, d- I do. I, I am a fan of that one. I thought I uh, I thought I'd make you a little chuckle a little bit. Little um, anyway, so Drew Johnson <laughs> can potentially have a little bit of a role in early downs as well. Um, so if he plays a little bit on first, second down, and has all that passing down role, I think it's only upside in the eleventh. Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean Duke was the one I was considering. Back in the ninth round, when I was deciding between him and Devin Singletary, so uh, definitely someone I would have considered even earlier than that. Now I'm looking at, like I said, I want to go for a. I mean, and look, the the running back options are kind of dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. Darwin Thompson just went off the board, who is someone I was considering, um, obviously solely for the upside. Times up, Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Oof. Hate to see it. So right now I'm looking, kind of sh- shifting through some of the running backs I see. Justin Jackson is an option for me. Um, <laughs> Justin Jackson is an option. <laughs> Damien Harris is an option for me just because I have Sonny Michelle. So if something did happen to him, I think he'd be a great handcuff. And uh, yeah, I think that's going to sum up my <laughs> my running back oh, sleepers man. at this point. I mean, what do you like? Do you think someone like Deion Lewis isn't going to have enough of a role to be to to be a depth guy for you? And look, if I was looking for depth, it's possible, right? Oh, you're looking and, for high upside, like break the bank type of thing. Yeah, because like if I have depth, I mean, I have other guys. I'm looking for someone to hit, and I don't think Deion Lewis is. I don't think there's anything about Dean Lewis. Even if Derrick Henry tore his ACL, it was right. just kind of be like the equivalent of early last year where Dean Lewis was like, oh, maybe he'll have a couple of games where he racks up five or six catches and gets you just over 10 points. Right. But <laughs> right. It's, it's not like a favorable position. Um. Yeah, I mean, so my options are Damian Harris and Justin Jackson. And look, if Damian Harris booms, that means that Sonny Michelle went down. So <laughs> I'm going to go for Justin Jackson. And uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of see how that Melvin Gordon situation shakes out. 
I know uh, Austin Eckler technically will be first in line, but what we saw last year, I'm never going to forget when um, Anthony Lynn was talking about how Austin Eckler is more of a special teams guy and that they wanted to reduce his touches and the fact that Justin Jackson did see a lot of touches towards the end of the season. So there is a chance he could be that starting wide receiver, even if it doesn't happen right away. But um, like I said, Melvin Gordon does need to play six games. I'm getting this guy in the 11th round, and I just need some type of uh, upside to add to my bench. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that, that situation is super fluid right now. So who knows how it's going to play out. And I think Justin Johnson can play a big role. Uh, we'll see. You know, Austin Eckler, we'll see if he can handle that, you know, that high-touch workload. Um, he didn't really show that he could handle it last year. Uh, but, you know, he's a very efficient back. So if he's improved at all over the offseason, um, potentially gearing up for a potential big load, um, <laughs> maybe Justin Jackson's the guy who who takes at least half of those snaps. Yeah, and I think I know who I want to go for my next pick. And uh, directly correlates to Sunday. Did I give you any indication? Um, let's see. I was specifically instructed to draft him. Let's see. Jameson Crowder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it. Nailed yeah. it. I mean, I... All right, so... so I, don't, I really don't think he's going to go you guys, court, Let me tell you guys what happened on Sunday, okay? So... Yeah, we can go over that all, now. We got time. <laughs> so we, we were... We were... <laughs> we were at Jets camp. Uh, we got friends and family tickets, which was amazing. Amazing. Uh, Thank you for the hookup, by the way, for Roz. Yes, uh, for sure. And we were there. A bunch of players were coming over to us. Uh, not to us, but like around us because the whole family was there and all that. Yeah. So we were saying what's up to a bunch of players. It was great. Le'Veon Bell's daughter um, the whole time and didn't even know. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell was around. Like, uh, you know, um, the rookie. Uh, Quinn. Quinn Williams was around. Jamal Adams was there. But the one guy that Joey was enamored to meet and see was Jameson Crowder. Like, he was already high on Jameson Crowder coming into this year, relatively high. And he wanted to ask him, like, hey, man, like, what do you think is going to happen for fantasy this year? And what did he tell you? Uh, probably the most generic answer ever being, I think <laughs> I'm going to do pretty good. Yes, you should draft me. <laughs> right, right. Which that, is fine. You know, the guy was finished practice. He already had signed a whole bunch of autographs. I, I think when I caught him, he was heading back to his family and I stopped him so he could get a video with me. That's true. Like the only th- only thing that happened between him playing with his son on the field, like lying down, it was like the cutest thing you'll ever see. The only thing between practice and that was Joey asking him that fantasy. <laughs> Me question. stopping him, say, "Hey, can you do a video real quick?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I really appreciate that he took the time, even though it was a generic answer. But um, overall, still pretty cool. And look, he he's someone I've been drafting in just about all my leagues. And he's healthy now. He can see a really important role in the offense. I, I saw uh, a, a report the other day that Crowder could see. They wouldn't be surprised if he got close to 100 catches or targets, which, uh, I mean, I, I don't think that's too realistic, but I don't think it's impossible. So um, it, it was definitely it was definitely really interesting being there and seeing all the players up close. And by the way, just quick shout out to, uh, what's his name? Jonathan Harrison? Yes. Uh, our, really nice now, guy. our now backup center, since we signed 
Ryan Khalil out of retirement. But yeah, dude, like you said, nicest dude ever. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, like I he he was like we we thanked him for the tickets and all that, and he was just being such such a gentleman. <laughs> he was just like hoping that we had a good time and making sure we were all right. So he made sure to take pictures with both of us. We got to talk yeah. to him a little bit. So uh, shout out to him, and also um, worth mentioning Jamal Adams. I mean, the greatest thing I think we saw while we were while we were there, there was um, by the bleachers. There was separate bleachers, and there was about. I don't even know how many people on the one side, maybe like close to like a hundred. How many would you say? I would say like more than that, dude. I think it'd be like 150. Over a hundred on that side. And then we'll call it like 40, 50 on the other side. Yeah. So right. first he went towards that right side and he made sure to sign and talk to every one of those. We'll call it 45, 50 people. He went through all the autographs. He talked to every single fan. Um, he took pictures with everyone. He did whatever you asked. We even stopped him, and he took a picture with each of us real quick. And after that, he made his way over to the bleachers where there was hundreds, over 100 people likely. Someone's throwing shit upstairs. <laughs> so for 100 people just uh, lined up, and he went over there and talked to every single one of those people too. So it's just really cool as a football fan, even though I'm not, not really a Jets fan. It's... Uh, it, it, it was it was really really cool to see him take his time and do that and uh, give the time to each and every one of the people that showed up to Jets training camp and it really kind of showed who he was so um, it, it, very very interesting and very very appreciative of that for sure. Yeah, it was dope to see, man. It really was. He's a great. He seems like he's a great dude. Um, so I'm at the point here. Like I was actually willing to take Golden Tate. So I'm at I'm on the clock at twelve ten, end of the twelfth round. I think Golden Tate here is just um, a screaming value to me. I think, you know, in a PPR league especially, um, don't have to worry too much about the matchups, you know, that Sterling Shepard is going to potentially face on the outside. And, and I'm assuming that he's going to be their primary outside receiver. Um, Damien Harris still on the board. I think he's a good pick here as well. But I, I think I have enough running back depth. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead uh, and take – I'm just looking, scrolling down a little bit just to make sure I'm not picking up, losing out too much upside. I don't think I am. So Golden Tate is going to be my pick uh, at the end of the 12th. I'm not too big of a fan of Golden Tate. I know he's got the suspension and uh, he'll be gone for those first four games. But even so, I'm I'm not too too big of a fan of Tate just because, I mean, I, I feel like Shepard's going to be that wide receiver one option. You have Saquon. And if they're going to... If they don't want to look to the outside, then I think Saquon Barkley is the next priority, as well as Evan Ingram. So I, I think there's other options for Eli to go to if he's starting. <laughs> but right. uh, even if he's not and it's Daniel Jones, I don't know. I, I just I, I think this, this is a uh, if last year already wasn't, this is kind of the year where Tate gets phased out uh, towards them. It, it happens to a lot of players as they get later in their career. Frank Gore's been kind of going through that process for like three years now but <laughs> right right and you know i haven't seen that of golden tit though yet you know what i mean i haven't seen that drop off you know and that's, that's i kind of like look for that a little bit and i haven't seen it with him um they lost obj they lost a ton of targets right there's a lot of targets vacated that offense um stony shepherd you know got his evan engram got his and saquon barkley definitely got his right i think um stony shepherd will definitely see his volume increase a little bit uh, I think Engram increases a slight bit, but there's still a lot of targets to go around. 
uh, with Saquon getting a shit ton last year. I mean, is Saquon really going to get more targets than he got last year? I'm not sure if he does. Well, um, I, you know. I think another thing, too, is the fact that um, the Giants have been, I believe, top five, if not top ten, in passing attempts over the last five or six years. They've just been one of the teams that pass the most every single year, and Eli Manning has been at the head of that, and he still hasn't produced a lot of fantasy value. But given the fact that they lost Odo Beckham Jr., and I was looking at the data in that tweet, I, I think, interestingly enough, it was prior to the Odo Beckham Jr. I'm going to find this exact stat because I wrote about it when I was writing about Sterling Shepard. But um, prior to OBJ, they didn't throw the ball as much and there wasn't as much value to be had. So I think with OBJ gone, they're not going to throw as much. And guys like Saquon Barkley, even if Tate's going to have his share, but I don't think it's going to be enough, especially after four game suspension to kind of give you week to week output. But let, let me find exactly what I was talking about. Sure. Scroll to my feed. Okay, so Giants. Uh, so Manning racked up at least 575 pass attempts every year dating back to 2014. So that's almost 600 passing attempts every single year since 2014. Um, another interesting thing, too, is Manning's average pass completion percentage with Odell Beckham Jr. He completed... 63.3% of all his passes. And um, without Odo Beckham Jr., over his whole entire career, even through the Victor Cruz era, he averaged 57.9 completion percentage. So with him throwing less and being less accurate, I mean, not, not that his accuracy is all that different with Odo Beckham Jr. not on the field, more so just not having that reliable option just really brings him down. So yeah, I mean that, that was kind of what I was looking for in that area, but um, I, I'm just not too big of a fan, I guess on Tate, but that's fine. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and no, I get it. And it's going to be an interesting situation. I'm, I'm, I don't like investing in that offense in general, mm-hmm. um, but like if, if I see like a little bit of PPR value, Especially with wide receivers in the slot, um, and guys, I think Golden is really talented. I mean, you know, he got traded last year, but just because he got traded and wasn't able to fit in that offense, I don't think, I don't think that 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 leads to a fall off, you know, as far as his career goes. Um, but yeah, two defenses were taken right before me. I'm at thirteen three right now. Um, we're only fourteen point, rounds, by the way. I'm pretty sure, right? Yep, we're only fourteenth round. So, yeah. um, I, I I'm looking at. You know, a bunch of high upside guys right now. Uh, Peyton Barber at, at, at this spot, like, <laughs> you know, it, it's really, it's really ugly, right? But in the 13th round, he could potentially be their starter. And as of right now, that's who it is. Um, it's not going to be an offense that's going to run the ball like a ton, uh, but like he's definitely an option here. Uh, but I, I really want to shoot for some upside. Um, I think Josh Gordon is a guy that, you know, you want to see if he gets reinstated. Uh, he'll definitely have some upside. Uh, Dallas Goddard is a tight end that has a he has a tremendous upside. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to go with one of those guys, and um, the guy that I'm probably going to go with is Josh Gordon right here. See, I, I I definitely don't mind the Josh Gordon pick, but I remember seeing that um, it could take up to 60 days to come to a decision on whether. And I mean, look, you're, worst case, you're burning your 13th round pick. So yeah. it's not a huge deal. And best case scenario, 
Josh Gordon's approved, he's on the field, and that's huge value. So um, definitely not totally, not really against that. More to think about. Right. It. But, yeah, and um, it's really super high upside at this point, really. <laughs> now, interestingly enough, last week, me and Sami were doing a uh, the mock draft, and one of the things we talked about was the fact that <clears throat> Dante Foreman was being hyped up a lot as someone who could potentially see work in Indianapolis. And something I brought up is the fact that a lot of times for me, when guys kind of are either cut or traded in specific scenarios, they kind of just lose a little bit of value for me. Like Dante Foreman on the Texans is nice, but Dante Foreman on the Colts, for whatever reason, just kind of takes him down a couple pegs for me. Not so much uh, even the situation, just the fact that he was kind of put on waivers like that. I don't know if there's as much pressure for him to have an increased role and uh i guess that's how i feel about tate a little bit too getting <laughs> we talk about tate the rest of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this a, i fucking hate tate i fucking hate tate. So, somehow you brought it back to golden tate <laughs> <laughs> all right um i'm on the clock and uh wow so i was gonna pick a kicker with my very last pick but if i'm ever gonna pick a kicker, it's going to be Greg Zerline. Because uh, there's a positional advantage, which isn't talked about a ton in the kicker area. And it's not that important. And there are guys in waivers who can still get the job done. But if you have Greg Zerline getting you 15 points, and look, it's not something that you can always count on too, but Greg Zerline's been very consistent. And if he can give you 15 points a week, Right, depending on your scoring, and everybody else's kicker is getting seven, eight, maybe ten points at most, then you have yourself a seven-point advantage. And um, I mean, look, it, and that's not something I'm willing to uh, reach on that early. But if I can get him one round before the last round, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, no, I, I, I could, I could totally, I could totally see that. I mean. And at this point, um, you know, it's either like, okay, am I going to get my kicker, or am I am I just going to, you know, pick one up later? Um, and if you could, it, you know, if your draft, you know, if your league isn't picking kickers early, like, and you have the opportunity to pick a kicker in the thirteenth round and get the best one, why not? Because you're going to yeah. pick up a kicker anyway. And sometimes um, the only the only the only thing about picking a kicker is that you might not leave room for more upside if you want to grab like. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a running back down the totem pole, in, you know, second spot. Oh, I've already been off and then down they, that totem pole. I don't know if there's anyone else I want. <laughs> <laughs> but um, interestingly enough, I I have this weird like sense with kickers to where I I can always tell who's going to be. I, I've predicted a lot of, and it's not like something to really really be proud of, but <laughs> I mean. I called Will Lutz having his first really good season. Uh, Fairbairn, I mean, I didn't know how good of a kicker he was because who the hell does research on kickers? But I knew if he did good, he could have a lot of value in Houston. And this year, my guy, uh, it's like every year I kind of pick a kicker and I really back him and try to get him in all my leagues. Because look, if you can get that small advantage at the very last pick or after the draft is over, that's fine. But my guy this year is Jason Myers. Um, Last year, the Seattle had a lot of kicking woes. And Jason Myers actually finished, I believe it was a top 10 kicker with the Jets and the Jets right. kind of topsy-turvy offense last year. So 
as long as he follows that hot streak in a rush heavy offense, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's an offense that's going to get down the field a ton. And they had a lot of opportunity for Blair Walsh last year and he didn't really take advantage of it. So if they have a safer kicker like Myers, I wouldn't be surprised to see him join that elite group of, uh, Zerline, Bucker, Butker. I, I, I love the kicking analysis, dude. That was right. on point right there. <laughs> what, what what about defense? Are you, are you a guy who drafts? Are you, are you thinking of drafting defense right now in the 14th? See, it's like as much as it makes so much more sense to just like stream defenses. For me personally, I'm in so many leagues that like I don't feel like going through that every week. Just like oh, what defense is not going to get negative. I, I, week i totally so, hear you on that one yeah i'm never gonna reach for a defense but i'm gonna try I, I i try to get a defense that has a good defensive line so like the texans is a defense that i've been targeting a ton because um look if depending on your league rules as well but if i can just get a couple sacks between jj watt and jdvm Clowney, hopefully Clowney is still with the team uh given his franchise tag situation but um if I can just get like three or four sacks and keep my defense at 10 points a week, then I'm fine with that. I don't, unless I see a glaring matchup that I think can be, uh, that can give me those extra like five, 10 points, then I'm just going to stick with the Texans the whole year and just kind of just ride those sacks and focus on the rest of my team, especially given how many leagues I'm in every year. So. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, one of the reasons why, and, and if your league allows it, one of the reasons why I don't choose a defense in my draft is because we still have, what, about a little bit less than a month before the season actually starts, right? So <laughs> if I pick up backup running back, for example, so here in the 14th round, this is our last round here, Chase Edmonds is available, right? Um, I have a couple yep. of picks left before my pick. So he is a high upside handcuff to David Johnson, right? We know that, that that offense is going to want to run a ton of plays. Um, the running back is going to be heavily involved in the passing game as well. Um, so he could be a high upside running back. Like, let's say, what if David Johnson gets hurt sometime between now and the start of the season? If David Johnson tears his ACL tomorrow, you have a running back too on your roster. Maybe running back one, depending on how much they use him. I, I didn't want to, like, say a specific injury. No. <laughs> no? But, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, I could have paid the defense when I could, instead, like, you know, anything can happen between now and the start of the season. So that's why I want to get a guy like that who has super high upside. If one thing happens, they just shoot, you know, to the top of, of running back rankings, right? Like Chase Edmonds can um, in, in this offense specifically, right? Yes, their offensive line isn't great, but mm-hmm. they're, they're, he's going to be so involved in the passing game, you know, if that scenario were to play out. Um, not only that, you know, I personally like to stream defenses. Like I will look at, you know, all the matchups week one. And the way I like to kind of look at defenses is, hey, like, who has a, uh, you know, a high over-under, right? I'm sorry. Basically look at to see who has the highest point differential, right? Gotcha. If, okay. if one team is at home uh, favored to win by a lot of points, I'm basically going to see, like, hey, like, how is their pass rush? Is their pass rush pretty good? Like, oh, yeah, it is. I go to Football Outsiders to see where they rank. And then I'll go to their opponent and say, like, you know what? Their offensive line has given us some sacks lately or throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll play the situation out. If this home team, who's favored to win by a lot, gets out to a big lead, right? And this and the team that they're going up against, you know, is kind of like become they become one-dimensional and become pass-heavy in the second half. 
that means that there's more opportunities for that for that home team to um, get you know have a higher rate of pass rush, um, which would kind of like play into the fact of like potentially getting more sacks, getting more interceptions, getting more getting more fumbles, which would potentially increase the the uh, opportunity for a touchdown defensively. Um, so let me pick Chase Edmonds here, which I am with my last pick. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of how how I pick defenses on a week to week basis. That's kind of what I go, uh, you know, go with every single week. I think it's worked out pretty well for the most part. Yeah, I mean, like, look, honestly, if if there's a way to go, I think it's that way. I'm 100 percent on board. It's very and you know, let me let me also mention it depends on what your league size is. I think. 12 or below you can definitely afford to do that but if you're in like a 14 or 16 league league for whatever reason you it may be safer to do uh just grab that defense like the texans and just ride them out the whole year because there's going to be a situation where you're some people grab two defenses you believe that some people right. have it's, it's true and so and and for certain positions like in a deep league like a 14 team league that might be smart because you're taken away from that other team from gra- grabbing anybody, especially on a week-to-week basis. Maybe okay, oh, maybe not drafting the way, them and holding them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go I'm 100% ahead. that guy. Right. I'm 100%. Like um, in my family, you gotta, league, you gotta pay attention. You gotta uh, pay attention. It, it's uh, it, it's funny every single year because my family league hates me because I'm always the guy. I had like six. Somehow I got six starting running backs on my roster, and like they were all getting like. 10 15 points a game and like so many people needed running backs and they were trying to like oh you already have six just like give me this guy like you know from the cheap i'm like no i'm not gonna i'm just gonna hold on to all of them and uh just uh you gotta suck it up but that i'm totally that guy i'll pick up like defenses that someone else might use and um yeah that's that's 100 percent me and that's who you want to be especially if you want to interfere in a competitive league so we just finished the draft 14 rounds, 12 teams. Woo! Pretty good. How do you feel? Um, I feel good. Let's go, let's go over my team real quick. So, obviously started off with Ezekiel Elliott, and that wasn't the greatest start. But look, if he plays, boom. Uh, as far as my other running backs, I got David Montgomery towards the end of the third round. Sonny Michelle towards the end of the fifth round. I think those are great options. Uh, Devin Singletary, Justin Jackson. If one of them boom, then I think I'm in a really good spot. But, um, you know, both two high upside guys. Wide receiver-wise, I have Mike Evans in towards the beginning of the fifth round. And Stefan Diggs towards the beginning of the... F- I mean, Mike Evans beginning of the second, sorry. Uh, Stefan Diggs towards the beginning of the fourth round, which I thought was great value there. Tyler Boyd followed up by D.D. Westbrook. Jameson Crowder is my late round sleeper. I like that. Tight ends, I was I, I usually pick two tight ends, but just wasn't really feeling it this time. I mean, I think Austin Hooper. I'm trying to look, but I think was he the last tight end taken? Dallas Goddard was taken, but I think that's it. So that's after, amazing. After the tenth round, only one other tight end was taken. So there's still other guys that would have been available, like. Uh, Jordan Reed, who's someone I'm kind of starting to get a little, little higher on as we get closer yep. to the season, is just like a later option. Noah Fant, Jimmy Graham. I mean, there's still some other guys that I could pick as my backup if needed. But Austin Hooper in the 10th, I'm fine with. And to pair him with Matt Ryan, definitely don't need a backup quarterback in this type of league. Greg Zerline, it can get that 
kicker positional advantage. Houston Texans, a defense that can kind of ride for the rest of the year. So, I mean, on paper, especially with Ezekiel Elliott, it's probably not going to look like an amazing draft, but I'm actually really, really comfortable with how it came out. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel good about it. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's funny because, you know, if you notice, I also didn't pick a quarterback in, in this Did you league, not? Right? I didn't pick a quarterback. But <laughs> look who's on the board here. You have Jared Goff. These are the last four quarterbacks that come off the board. Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, and Lamar Jackson. I mean, there's plenty of quarterback depth on the board right now. Um, you know, I'm going to see how the Josh Gordon situation plays out, how, the, how, how you know, if Chase Edmonds could potentially do something. You know, it's funny. Uh, I forgot he, you picked Tommy Henry. I was like, did yeah. you not pick a tight end either? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick a tight end, quarterback, defense, or kicker. No, but I did pick a quarterback, kicker, or defense because those are all positions that I could, I could easily stream, um, especially because because most of the teams here picked only one quarterback. Um, I think, let's see, one, two, th- only three teams picked two quarterbacks. So there's plenty of quarterbacks left. Um Know, to be had so this uh, half of the half of the league is out there on waivers so I, i'm that that's pretty much how i'm gonna do it you know what i mean i'm gonna look at week one i'm gonna look i'm gonna look to see who has the best matchup and go from there yeah that's i'm just imagining making the graphic right now and about how many questions i'm gonna get where's your quarterback where's your kicker where's your <laughs> hey man i'll be glad to explain it i'll be glad uh, to explain That'll be fun, but um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I made so many comments. Oh god, but it, it's fun. And look, it's That's obviously you, in a fourteen team. I mean, a twelve team this early, fourteen rounds, definitely the right thing to do. There's, I, I, I could have got away with doing the same exact strategy, and it would have been fine, and had uh, even more depth. So, and there's always trading and stuff like that. So this is just mock drafting is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And uh, just drafting in general is the tip of the iceberg because you have 16 weeks during the season that you need to stay in your game. So it uh, was a lot of fun doing this. Hopefully we'll see if uh, Sammy is able to join us next week, If see if we can do another mock draft session. But uh, I like how my team came out. And maybe we'll switch it up as far as positioning next week. Yeah, So yeah, exactly. Um, as far as running back for me, though, like, I'm, I'm I was super happy with who I got as my first three guys: Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Carry On, and Tevin Coleman in the first, third, and fifth round. Like Tevin Coleman as my flex, um, super happy with that, right? Um, three guys who are going to be very heavily targeted in the pass game. Um, you know, between those three guys, we could be looking at 200 receptions. You know, which is amazing, mm-hmm. right? Um, Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley as my wide receiver one and two. Um, I personally prefer Ridley as my wide receiver three if possible, but it's pretty hard, you know, for that to happen, right? If he was being taken. Especially the end of the fourth round. If you were picking like where I was towards yeah. the, uh, the end of the third, then you definitely have better options. Exactly. You and, you know, AJ Green going in the early, early fifth round, I was thinking about taking him, but his injury risk is so, so much. I mean, he's just getting hurt every single year. It's so tough to get on board with that, especially as my wide receiver two. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a risk there. Um, Alan Robinson, receiver three, is legit. <laughs> Alan Robinson as a wide receiver three. Uh, happy about that. He's going to be sitting on my bench uh, to start the season um, in this two running back, two wide receiver league uh, with Coleman in my flex. Hunter Henry's going to start at my tight end. I usually don't pick a tight end, pick tight ends early, so I actually kind of like how my team ended up, uh, even while picking a, a tight end 
that early. Usually I play in, in leagues with three wide receivers, which is why uh, I might go wide receiver at that spot, but I'm pretty happy with how it ended up. I think it's so um, funny it's the whole time you're talking about, yeah. like, oh, I never take tight ends early. And I'm looking at, like, Travis Kelsey in the second round, Zach Ertz in the third, and you're like, oh, it's right. almost in the seventh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I got some good depth at running back, too. Jordan Howard, Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, Chase Edmonds. Uh, pretty good depth. I don't really consider Edmonds depth because I would probably cut him. Uh, you know, he would be my first cut. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm you know picking up that quarterback with defense or whoever it is. Um, but yeah, so Carlos Hyde, Duke Johnson, and Jordan Howard is 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 great depth to me. Um, and then uh, rounding out the wide receiver depth, depth, Moncrief, Golden Tate, and Josh Gordon. Uh, a couple of high upside options there too, uh, with Moncrief and Gordon. So. Yeah, I, I I think it ended up being really good. So I'm happy that I was able to choose a tight end relatively early and still, you know, kind of make a good team. It probably it's probably because I didn't pick a quarterback, kicker, or defense. That's why it looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I I love your last two picks as just like a look. There's a very small chance either of these guys could like be it, but if they are, like huge value to your team. So uh, right. definitely the right way to go about it. And uh, I, I do like how your team came out. I don't like Golden Tate, but I already talked about Golden Tate 18 times. <laughs> hey, man, he was a t- my late 12-round pick. Get over it, dude. I know, I know. But still. I, I, I balanced out how much you don't like him with my high upside. Yeah, time. see, there you go. <laughs> All there right, man, go. thanks a lot. This was great. Um, take it easy. Uh, so follow uh, uh, you know, fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Uh, he does a lot of pr- player profiles and, and you know offers a lot of insight there. Um, and uh, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. If you don't already know, hit me up um, through DM and we will talk. But that's about it. Um, see you guys soon. Take it easy. All right. See you guys. Later.